Are we seeing more signs of slowing inflation and will it have an impact on next week's rate hike? Plus the Secure Act 2.0 Part 2. We're looking at what the new law will mean for you and your financial future. Your market moment starts now. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Welcome to this week's Market Moment, episode 137. I'm Lee Mackey with Eli Freeman. Hey. Hey, Eli. We're, we're missing um, our third host of the show today. We're all kind of tied up in meetings, but um, you've got me and Eli here, so we're we're ready to go. Lee, that may be the first time I've ever heard anyone call the Secure Act 2.0 and not, not 2.0. No, it's 2.0. It is not <laughs> a letter. It's a number. So my wife is uh, big into grammar, so I have to be correct. The markets have started this week on a positive note, currently up around 1%. As we continue to see signs that the Fed's tactics to tackle inflation are taking hold. Last week, we saw a sharp decline in the producer price index, commonly referred to as the PPI. It's prompting a lot of analysts to believe there's a decent chance the Fed will only raise rates by 25 basis points next week. Eli, what are your thoughts on that as we get started? You know, I was I was surprised. I haven't been keeping up with the expectations for Fed rate height. And coming into this week, it seemed like it all that I was hearing was an expectation of 50 basis points that they were going to raise. So to me, it's encouraging to hear that we're even getting into the speculation for a 25 basis, which is less than what was expected. You know, I think that, you know, at the end of last year with their last meeting in December, I think the consensus was 50. Like you said, I think that since then, you know, many of the reports that have come through have, you know, shown that rate hikes are working. They're beginning to be felt. Um, You know, we still have some stubborn parts in the economy and the job markets that are, are, are you know maybe one of the reasons that why the Fed may still go fifty, but I think that more and more um, economists are beginning to think that um, twenty five basis point rate hike <clears throat> in the first of February is on the table. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, you know, how many more, and to what extent? I think that it, me personally, I've really thought that they would raise rates, you know, possibly three more times, um, ending in late spring. Um, you know, I think there's some. There's some people that are beginning to, to also agree with me. I, I don't think I'm the expert. Mm-hmm. I'm probably more agreeing with them. But um, the Fed rate hikes are working. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they are slowing this economy. I mean, now the Fed balances, as we've been saying for weeks and months now, that tightrope between slowing the economy and not tipping it into any sort of recession. So, mm-hmm. And just anecdotally, and this is completely just local to northwest arkansas you can watch just the home market and the difference in what the federal reserve raising interest rates has allowed for homes to sit on the market 
Whereas if you go back to January of 2022, there wasn't a home that sat on the market more than 15 days without several cash offers coming in. And, and if it did, something was wrong with it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If it did, you should be running right. from it. <laughs> you know, uh, producer price index, as we indicated, declined um, half a percent in December. Measures the, uh, the PPI measures the final demand price across hundreds of categories. Economists had been predicting only a 0.1 or a tenth of a percent decrease. So that was much larger than expected. It is the largest monthly decline in the PPI since April of 2020. You know, going back to last year, 2022, the rate hikes that the Fed has injected into the system, just going in reverse order, December, 50 basis points, 75 basis points in November, September, July, June, and then May was 50, and then they began this process in March with a 25 basis point mm -hmm. increase. And I think, if my math is right, that's around four and a quarter uh, 425 basis points that they have increased mm -hmm. interest rate, the cost of borrowing during that time. Well, one thing that we learned through all of those rate hikes is don't try to anticipate exactly what the Federal Reserve is going to do. So when we sit here and we say, well, we think that the Federal Reserve is going to raise the interest by 25 basis points or 50, we're guessing because back in March, if I remember the timetable right, it was around March that the Federal Reserve was saying, we were not looking to do a 75 basis point hike. Well, what do we have? One, two, three, four, four yeah. 75 basis point well, hikes. Well, and I think, I think at the beginning, this time last year, I think we were expecting maybe 75 to 125 basis points total, total mm -hmm. that they would raise rates. But we can see that they've almost you know quadrupled that. And then by the time they're done probably five-fold increase in, from what we were kind of anticipating this time a year ago. So, you know, inflation has remained stubborn, and the Fed has determined, as we have said, almost ad nauseum, uh, you know, the Fed's going to get it under control. Ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. Till we're sick to our stomach talking about it. Big words. All right, so last week, uh, me, Eli, and Matt started talking about the new SECURE Act, the, uh, the, the great part of what's overall a, a, probably a bad spending bill, if you will, at mm -hmm. the end of last year. Um, Secure Act 2.0, as I like to say, <laughs> which is a new law affecting retirement accounts for people of all ages and all walks of life. We started last week talking about it, and we wanted to go over a little bit more of the provisions today that we didn't cover last week. So, Eli, let's start with a new option that will be available to employers matching contributions to Roth accounts. Up until this point, matching contributions had to be in a traditional 401k after or before tax money. Um, but the new act is going to be allowing uh, matching contributions to Roth IRAs, yeah. to Roth accounts. Lee, I'm, I'm excited about this because if you are in the tax bracket where you say, Eli, Lee, I want to be contributing to my Roth wouldn't you want your employer to be contributing to the Roth as well? Oh, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And up until now, you're matching, so your 6% match, 3% match, whatever your employer matched, went into a pre-tax account, meaning you're going to have to pay the tax on it whenever you take that money out. Well, for someone in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, I mean, most likely the tax rates are going to increase in some way over the next 20-plus years. So I'm excited about this. Yeah, it's 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 good. It's a win for um, employees. Mm -hmm. You know, matching amounts, this is important, matching amounts, the part that the employer puts in, 
will be included in the employee's income in the year of contribution. Um, and then from a practical side, this is going to take some time to get, mm-hmm. you know, implemented. So, you know, don't run out to your employer, you know, this week, next week, or mm-hmm. next month. This is going to take some time um, to get in operation. Yeah, these custodians, they're going to have to create processes around this bill, which have not been oh, yeah. created and take months to create. Yeah. So don't expect to see this. Now, one really small detail on this, your employer's contribution will go into your account. However, you owe the tax. Correct. So what I would anticipate is if you wanted to elect that your employer is going to contribute your match, your paycheck, meaning what goes to your bank statement, should go down because you're paying more tax. Could be details the you know truth will be in the details yeah. all right the next thing and i and i kind of like this one staying with employer retirement accounts beginning in 2025 so two years from now employers who start a new 401k or 403b plan will be required to enroll eligible employees at a starting contribution rate of at least three percent employees will need to opt out if they don't want to participate now and what has always been is the employee has to sign a form they have to elect that they want to participate in the 401k plan or the, the employer's plan starting here in a couple of years the exact opposite is going to be too we're going to assume that you are going to participate unless you tell us otherwise mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts on that i love it I do too. My, my only qualm with this is why not six percent Make it a little bit higher. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they they continue to evolve mm-hmm. 401k plans, retirement accounts. You know, I know that a few years ago, they began to make the default, these age-based, these target yes. date funds. You know, before, if the employee just didn't know better, they didn't know about investing, but they participated, well, mm-hmm. their money, money might just go into cash, mm-hmm. you know, and it might sit in a money market yeah. account for years. I actually met with a client um, years ago who had been working at their employer for 15, 20 years. He, he self-professed. He did not know anything about investing. He showed me his 401k statement. There was a couple hundred thousand dollars in there. And for the last 15 years, no. he had been invested in a money market in oh. cash. And this was through the 90s, the tech boom. Oh, my um, goodness. So, but going forward... You know, they're going to assume that people are going to be invested. Um, But what's nice is, you know, at least now the default is not into a cash account. The default is typically into a target bait or age based fund. And and look at at least at least on an annual basis. Look at how you're invested. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you work with a financial advisor, most advisors will help you. You know, mm-hmm. look at the allocations, look at your investment options. You know, there some, can be some very risky investments with. Oh, absolutely. 401k. And, you know, and we, we see it every day. Some employers are, are with 401k plans or providers that offer a very limited amount of choices and others offer pages and pages of mm-hmm. options. So take a look at them, do your homework, just like any other investment. Treat it seriously. OK, the third thing about this um, Secure Act 2.0 Student loan debt. Another provision taken in effect is a student loan match for retirement accounts. You may be asking yourself, what in the heck does that mean? Starting in 2024, employers will have the option to match the amount that their employees are paying toward their student debt. This is expected to play a large role for many companies in attracting young talent to their organizations. 
But note, vesting matching schedules must be the same as if the loan payments had been salary deferrals. So basically what you're incentivizing is for those employees that come to your company that are paying down student debt, they can treat that for matching purposes to a 401k plan as if they were making a 401k contribution. Did that make sense? Because mm-hmm. I think I just confused it's, myself. It's fairly complicated to think through. Just think, I pay off student loans, my company matches as if I was contributing. Yeah, and you know, and, and we hear a lot of times people want to pay down all their debt before they contribute to a 401k. Yeah, one Dave of Ramsey One way. of Dave Ramsey's baby steps is you pay down your debt before you contribute to He'll a 401k. Scream it from the mountaintops. Well, now you can kind of do two things at once. You can pay down your debt and the employee, your employer will contribute towards your retirement for that. Now, I'm sure Love as it. we get closer, there's going to be some, you know, restrictions, some, yes. some, some limitations. But for now, this is a good, a good thing. I'll be interested to see how it plays out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And hey, let's talk about one more. You got time for one more, oh, Eli? Yeah. All right, I think you're going to like this one. The rules for 529 plans are, are changing. changing. Yes, 529 plans, the vehicle that many of our listeners, many of our clients have used to help with the cost of their children, their grandchildren's uh, college education. That's what a 529 plan is. Beginning in 2024, you will be able to roll up to $35,000 of any leftover funds into a Roth IRA. However, as with any new law, there are numerous conditions that need to be met. Um, here's one. The Roth IRA receiving the funds must be in the name of the beneficiary of the 529 plan. So if I've got a 529 plan for my son, and let's just say he's a gifted athlete or a remarkably smart student, and he gets a full ride to college, and he does not need any of the funds that I have set aside for him, if this account has been in existence for 15 years, which is another condition, Mm -hmm. then I will be able to move some of those funds up to $35,000 into a Roth IRA in his name. It won't be a Roth IRA for me, but it will be a Roth IRA for him. Second condition, I just mentioned it, the 529 plan must have been in existence for 15 years or longer. Third, any contributions to the 529 plan within the last five years and the earnings on those contributions are ineligible to be moved to a Roth IRA. Eli, what that basically says is we're not going to allow you to contribute money to a 529 plan with the end result knowing that you're going to a Roth. So they're they're keeping people from doing it for the sole purpose of, of this conversion feature. Which so, would just be for tax deferral is the only reason. Correct, that, yeah. correct. Um, and then lastly, the annual limit for how much can be moved from a 529 plan to a Roth IRA is the IRA contribution limit for the year less any regular traditional IRA or Roth IRA contributions that are made for the year. In other words, you can't double up with funds from the outside the 529 plan. So, uh, any, anything else, Lee? No, I think that's, that about, about covers it. There'll be a test um, oh tomorrow morning, goodness. so do your homework. Yeah. So what, what do you think about that? Well, there's about two pages of rules. And if you are the unicorn that fits into the rules, it's a wonderful option. <laughs> you know, and, and but we, we get that question a lot. I yeah. Mean, what to do with a 529. have 529 plans. But the question is, and one of the reasons why some people don't contribute is, well, what do I do with the monies if we don't use them? Well, you obviously you can move them to siblings and the cousins and nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can continue to use it. Mm-hmm. But if 
in the event there's only one beneficiary, this is a great option. Definitely for the for the child yeah. who, who I guess at that point be an adult. So I think one of the one of the restrictions I think is really important is they have to have earned income. Yep. Up to what the what you contribute. So say you did the sixty five hundred, they have to at least make sixty five hundred dollars that year, and they cannot contribute if you contribute. It, you can't contribute double into their Roth IRA. There's still the sixty five hundred dollar restriction. Right. So as we as we've said, you know the the big spending bill that got crammed through Congress in December of of twenty two overall was not a great spending bill, mm-hmm. but tagged on to the bill was this Secure Act 2.0. Some pretty decent. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And and this had been in the works for months, if not, you know, over the, a couple years. So this part of the bill was not, you know, as we said last week, was not kind of just thought of in a, in a few weeks. This had been worked on for a while. So, mm-hmm. um, but this codified some things that we had been hearing last year, some good things. Um, people are living longer. Um, they're trying to take pressure off of Social Security. Um, which is continuing to dwindle. So a lot of these things that they're doing are beginning to make sense mm-hmm. um, from, from a retirement standpoint. Mm-hmm. Eli, do you have any uh, closing comments that you'd like to make? No, Lee, just just like we like to do every week, we like to finish the podcast with a thought of the day. Take so it away. This week's is from Gordon B. Hinckley. You can't plow a field simply by turning it over in your mind. So what that means is go get to work. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we encourage all of our listeners to do is to go out, be productive, make a difference in somebody's life this week. We want to thank you for joining us for this episode of the Mach 1 Market Moment. And until next time, have a great week. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, Mach 1, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak to your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit Mach1Financial.com disclosures.